You got the call. Welcome to the big leagues, kid. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy Week 23, the GOAT number. We are here. Last couple weeks of the minor league season are underway, and we are sad, but we are also happy because so many great players are doing great things right now. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode, everyone. D-Mendy joined by my co-host, Michael Richards, a.k.a. Baby Huey. What's up, Mike? Uh, not too much, Mendy. As you said, week 23. Can't believe we've been doing it so long. Uh, there's actually three weeks left in the regular season uh, once this comes out tomorrow. So it's go time for anyone that's in contention. It's now or never. Uh, but we brought a, another great guest on here. I was fortunate to meet this guy last week uh, on the Rotowire pod with James Anderson. And uh, he knows he knows prospects. He knows Dynasty. He's got a a cool personality, so happy to have him here today. Yeah, I got to say his dancing, his his pink shirt, so much stuff about him is giving me energy, giving me life uh, at 7.30 on a work night here. And without further ado, for those that are not watching on YouTube, I, I got to introduce our guest here. He serves on the fantasy team and hosts the Dynasty and Mailbag podcast for subscribers on the Prospects Live Patreon. In addition to contributing carefully crafted opinions in the written word form over for SP Streamer, Beyond Baseball, Drew is a husband, friend, Dutch hound dad, milk drinker, I don't, I don't like that part, Creed listener, and league winner who lives in West Tennessee, it is the one and only Drew Wheeler. What is up, my friend? Thank you for that fabulous introduction. Uh, very well said, and I'm so happy to be here with both of you. Uh, thank you so much. Mindy and Mike. Uh, Mike, I appreciate the uh, the invitation and the kind words. Uh, I certainly said things on the Rotowire podcast with you and James and Drew Sperling. That was a great time, and I'm hoping that we can have an equally great time here tonight. Uh, I think we will. We're gonna have a great time. And uh, again, Drew, your energy is infectious. I'm really mad. This is the first time we've done a podcast together because I can see all the personality. And the fact that you know baseball too, it's it's like a double-edged sword. Or no, that's not the expression I want. It's like uh, you get two for the price of one. That, that's that's that. There we go. We'll go with that one. I kind of like double-edged sword. I feel much more dangerous that. Way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Drew, kind of touched on it a little bit here. Uh, you do a lot of different things: prospects live, SP streamer. You obviously have a lot of things just in your personal life here. If you were just to claim your name to fame for one thing, if there's one thing that people don't know about you uh, that you want to make sure people know, what would that be? I mean, the thing people probably know most about me is my unhealthy obsession with Seiya Suzuki. He's, uh, <laughs> I mean, admittedly, admittedly speaking, one of the best baseball players of our generation. Uh, at me if you don't believe it. I'll be here sure to tell you why. Um, just a tremendous player. I kind of called his early season breakout in a piece for SP streamer this year. And so since then it's just 
it's it's not really a meme because I really, really love the guy, but it's kind of devolved into memery as time's going on. Uh, he's a great player. Love prospects. Uh, I really love, uh, really love the game. Just love baseball. <laughs> love doing this right here and talking to you guys and anybody anytime. So thank you for asking. Yeah, the Twitter header, I saw it. I was like, okay, <laughs> now I'm not. I can believe it. Uh, that's pretty cool, man. I, I love that. And I'm looking forward to what you're going to bring talking about these prospects here is that we're looking for them to make their next steps up to the big leagues. And without further ado, let's kick it off. Let's go to our first guy here. And the first guy nominated here on the hitter side is Gavin Cross. And for those that don't know, he's an outfielder in the Kansas City Royals organization. Over the last 10 days, he's gotten over 400 batting average, two homers, a 14.3% walk percentage. And on the season, just very solid numbers in 135 plate appearances. So, Drew, what it been about him This uh, just has people gushing over this young talent? You know, right offhand, I think Gavin Cross is a player that, initially speaking, players are probably going to get their first look at when it comes to their FYPDs, any kind of rookie drafts or uh, fulfillment or um, those kinds of drafts where you fill in guys that aren't in your league yet. I think that he's going to be a player that you're really looking at as, uh, you know, right now, I will say eventually a top 100 prospect, but right now we're actually preparing our personal top 500 lists for Prospects Live, and I have Cross slotted in somewhere in the 50 to 75 range. Uh, it's a it's a profile that I think eventually looks something like a 25-ish home run, 15-ish stolen base player. And you can see that, I mean, assigned to A-ball currently, uh, you know, 135 plate appearances after coming out of college, the guy is just stroking the ball. Uh, eight home runs, looks tremendous. He's walking 17, 18% of the time and only striking out, you know, 25%. He definitely takes some some daddy hacks, so to say. And so, you know, he's going to he's gonna have a little whiffage in the profile, but it is a player that I, I think the Royals would be foolish not to count on long term. Uh, he, he's not he's not a, a dunce in the outfield. He's no defensive, <laughs> no defensive dunce. He's going to be able to play the outfield. I, I, you know, he's not a center fielder long term. This is a power bat and uh, the Royals really have something special. And, and thus far, if they don't Royals him up, I think it, <laughs> it could be a pretty significant thing for them. And uh, right now, if you wanted a suggestion, I think back round of first, uh, back half of the first round, FYPD, I'd be looking at Gavin Cross. If you believe in the profile and if you believe in the Kansas City Royals for you know reasons, bump that up mid round. I love that. I feel a little more confident with the Royals because he's not a pitcher, and I know that <laughs> <laughs> that would make it even worse. But I love the fact that coming in hot from someone that many people have not heard about. He's so young. I think he's only played what twenty nine games. Yeah, yeah twenty nine like games. So, like so, he's he's going to be as early. You're in on him as early as you could possibly be, and uh, I love the early return on it. So this is a great way to start it off. I love that, Mike. Let's keep the hot hand going. Let's talk about our next guy here, and your first player is going to be Mr. Jones of the Tampa Bay Rays. And I can't read his first name because the live thing is blocking it from seeing Brock. Him. Brock, thank you. Brock Jones, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays over the last 10 games, 370 average, four stolen bases, also has four home runs. And on the season, 177 WRC plus, almost 20% walk rate. Uh, the Rays seem like they're as good as any team with developing prospects. What do you like about Brock Jones? Yeah, like Drew, this is, I believe, the first time I've brought up a 2022 draft pick. And so that's why he's only got 86 plate appearances and then able, but this is a guy who's a two sport athlete. He played special teams in safety as a freshman for Stanford. 
So there's some late bloomer potential here. Uh, very, very athletic player. He does strike out quite a bit. You know, as you can see, the 31.4% strikeout rate right now, but also the nearly 20% walk rate. And he's been productive. He's definitely got plus speed, you know, with 11 steals and 86 plate appearances. He's gotten to the power. That's a question about how much power he's going to get into. But I, I think he has the skills. And once he gets going and starts playing baseball more full time, he'll unleash that. So really, it's going to come down to the hit tool for me. He projects for probably below average right now. But uh, like you said, the Rays develop players. I could see this guy turning into like a Josh Lowe type player down the road where you have the power speed element and you're just hoping that the strikeout rate stays in check. But but there's value in fantasy. Uh, so definitely someone, I don't think he's going to be drafted super high in first year player drafts, but if you're if you're after power speed in a college player, I think this is a nice target. Brock Jones is a nice target for sure. And again, somebody in very early as he's only right now in a ball. And uh, do you think this is somebody here, Mike, that could be someone that gives you like a 2020 type of thing at the, in the big leagues? Is that is that kind of in his range of outcomes? Yes, I do think that's potential. I don't think scouts necessarily see 20 home runs in his bat at the moment, but I but I do think he can work his way into that because of his skill set and his body, his athleticism. The speed's definitely going to be there. So, but yeah, I definitely see him being a double digit home run guy with 25, 30 stolen bases down the road. Love that. It's a great name to know, Brock Jones. This next player we have talked about, I think, once on this show before, Amadil Amador. Shortstop for the Colorado Rockies. If you look on YouTube, his last 10-day stats necessarily aren't going to jump out at you. A 225 average, 367 OBP, 325 slug, only one homer and one stolen base. The one reason I did want to highlight him as player of the week for the hitter side that I was watching, uh, on September 11th, he had a home run. He also scored three runs in that game. And he also had, I believe, an 87th walk of the season at that point. So what's significant about that is his three runs helped him reach 100 runs on the season, which is only the second time in the Fresno history that that's happened. And his 87th free pass tied him for the most walks uh, in a season for the Fresno Grizzlies. So he's setting records right now, doing a bunch of different ways for the Fresno Grizzlies. And it's not like he's without prospect pedigree. He's the number three prospect, according to MLB.com, behind Zach Veen and Ezekiel Tovar. And he's got a lot of great tools. He's been able to make contact on both sides of the plate really well. Obviously, he's making adjustments at the big league level, or not the big league level, but uh, as he moves up through the minor leagues here. Right now, in A-ball, only 19 years old, 26 steals, 15 home runs, a better walk than K percentage, which is huge for a young hitter. And I, I like a lot of the tools he has, and obviously a lot of other people do too. So just had to highlight Mr. Amador here. Yeah, I agree with Amador real quick. He's, like you said, he's number three right now behind those other two great players. This is their future number one prospect. And I think he's, there's already talk of him moving up because you just said all those things that that's a rare combination of things going on right there. A lot, a lot of promise there. Yeah, I love Amador. And again, we've talked about him before. So you guys know if you've been listening to the call before, he's been brought up as a, a guy we love uh, in a couple of years to be up at the big league level. Let's talk about pitchers and let's go to our first pitcher here, Aaron Davenport. Of the Cleveland Guardians, shocker, another great Guardians pitching prospect. Over the last 10 days, 13 innings, only two earned runs to 15 strikeouts, a 138 ERA, got two wins during the week. On the season, a 421 ERA, 446 FIP, 
but a 26% K percentage and right now in high A ball. Drew, this is a Cleveland pitcher. We talk about a lot of the other ones like Gavin Williams comes to mind and, and a bunch of other ones that many people are starting to be more familiar with. But uh, Davenport is maybe a name that others haven't heard. What should we know about him? The the first thing you should know about Davenport is what you're seeing. The guy's got uh, aggressively sickening lettuce. It is, I mean, a 80-plus, probably 90-grade hair. Uh, just tremendous. Beyond that, though, beyond the aesthetics of the guy, this is probably the best pitching prospect that nobody knows. And I'll say that with pride, and I'll uh, air high-five Matt Thompson, co-founder of Prospects Live. I know he's agreeing with me here. Uh, this is a guy who was a weekend starter for Hawaii. He's pitched two levels after being drafted in 2021. This year, high A, he's being uh, promoted aggressively and expected a lot out of this guy. Uh, he commands his breaking ball in the zone extremely well. Uh, something to keep in mind is that for A ball, other starting pitchers are going to use their breakers for chase and out of the zone. This guy commands it in the zone, and when hitters – you know, they, hitters of his ilk and of his age, they, they're not hitting that ball when it breaks in the zone, especially because they're seeing so many other breaking balls that are falling, you know, falling wild. Uh, this is a guy with a five pitch mix. He throws uh, 92-95 on his fastball, 83-87 slider, and it is a great pitch, like I said. The curveball, though, uh, just like I said, vom.com. Uh, and you can go to that. I don't recommend going to that address, but it's it's where it lives. Uh, 76 to 78 with the curveball. It's a 12-6, just really sick, sick depth. Starts at the eyes, falls to the shins. And then against lefties, he'll mix in a cutter and a changeup, you know, both mid-80s. Uh, Davenport is a guy that I'm pretty aggressively pushing. And anywhere that I can get him, I, I am going to get him. I don't want to I don't want to put guys off, you know, that are listening to your show here. This is definitely the best two the best two-start stretch of his career. Um, he has been tested. This is not a guy that's just come in and has had, you know, easy breezy lemon squeezy uh, in his professional career. He has been tested. And the fact that he's responding well in September with his two-game two stretch that just caps off the year, essentially, is tremendous. I'm seeing growth. I'm seeing potential. If you want proof, go look up that September 4th game. The guy threw seven innings, uh, no earned runs, only three hits, struck out seven. Uh, watch that curveball and then uh, at me when you uh, love what you say. <laughs> so we, I kind of touched on it earlier. Daniel Espino and Gavin Williams are, I think, the two headliners here. If you had to, you don't have to give me all like your exact rankings of their farm system, but if you just had to, at the top of your head, guess among pitchers where you would put him, I can tell you right now, MLB.com does not have him in their top 30 prospects. So would you put him maybe like number three, four, five? How, how far down... Cleveland's pitching prospects are you think you would put him? Uh, me love Davenport. Uh, I'm going to go three, I think. Ooh, uh, I love it. Okay. I, I mean, especially amongst pitchers. I don't want to say batters because there's some bats in right, there. Right, right, of course. Like. We'll get to there later. But, um, and I mean, I know they've got they've got guys. I mean, they have, uh, you know, Joey Cantillo is a guy that's highly underrated. But what I've seen of Davenport, knowing the pedigree, and especially after seeing this right here in September, you know, two starts that are just both masterful. I mean, did give up two homers in that second game uh, on the 10th. But, you know, that's that's to be expected. It's it's a guy that's going to put stuff in the zone, and so your quality hitters are going to hit balls in the zone. That'll happen for the rest of his career. The point is is that this guy's already got pinpoint command with a breaker. He is uh, He's a player that I highly recommend you looking out for, guys. 22 years old, and look at the lettuce. My God, thank you for putting that back on the screen. <laughs> I had to, man. But after you talked about his hair and his lettuce, I, I was like, man. I think we all wish we had that, don't we? 
Uh, yeah, as a bald man, I certainly do. <laughs> Our next guy we're going to talk about here, Dominic Hamill of the New York Mets. Over the last 10 days, 14 innings, 7 hits, no runs, 17 strikeouts. On the season, he's pitched in 24 games. He started 119 innings with 145 strikeouts. The ERA and the FIP, very good. Almost a 30% K rate here. Mike, what do we think about Mr. Hamill? Uh, is, is he somebody that people should make sure if you haven't heard about, now you know. And he's on mute. The rookie oh, mistake. Rookie mistake. Apologies. Uh, Hamill is someone that I first caught my eye during the 2021 draft. And he's probably most known for having r ridiculous spin rates on three of his pitches. Fastball, curveball, slider. Uh, the fastball is... You know, sits around 91 to 94, gets it up to 96. But uh, he's going to be a stat cast darling as far as his pitches go when he moves up. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised he hasn't been moved up to double A yet this year. But the Mets are showing that they're a really strong team. Obviously, having a pitcher in their organization, if he's able to get into the rotation eventually, that should lead to a lot of wins and strikeouts for him. So he's definitely someone that I like long term. He's not one of the guys who has the monster fastball, but four pitches command as usual is the issue, but he's showing decent command. He needs to get that walk rate down a little bit, but uh, everything else looks really nice. And I don't think he's going to take a long time getting through the upper levels. Like I, I think we might even see him next season in the major leagues. Oh, I like that. Mike doesn't usually make those types of predictions. So when he does, you know, you make sure you listen. So again, just for the name, for those that might've missed it, Dominic Campbell of the New York Mets. Really quick, I'll touch on here. Someone we I think we've also talked about on here once or twice. Uh, that is Brandon Fett of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Right-hander. Last 10 days, 8 innings, 4 hits, 2 earned runs, 11 strikeouts, a 2.25 ERA, and a 9.90 whip. I'm going to try not talking too much because I'm uh, fighting a little cold here. 155.1 innings, 204 strikeouts on the season. He's got 10 wins, a 3.52 ERA, 31.3% K rate. So I needed to highlight him for a couple of reasons here. Number one, like for those that don't, he does have the prospect pedigree again, a number, the number four prospect of the Arizona Diamondbacks, according to MLB.com, and leads the minor leagues in strikeouts, according to when I made my notes on September 11th. So he's obviously a high end strikeout pitcher. And not only just that, but he's had double-digit strikeouts uh, four times this season. So uh, he's legit on that end. Obviously a great ERA. He's with a team that's going to need pitchers to make their way through the system as they don't have a uh, dearth of pitching at the big league level. So I think he could keep rising up fast here. Uh, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him in the big leagues early next year. So he's somebody that you got to keep an eye on uh, in any type of dynasty league because he's obviously pretty close to getting the call at some point soon here. Let's go notable promotions. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to uh, – Drew, you adding something to that? No, yeah, he's no, good. No, but I was just going to say that's great. That's a great point. And really, realistically, I mean, if some injuries come out, you could see him this year. It's not uh, It's not yeah. outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, very good point there with that. Yeah, we'll have to see a few more weeks and he could maybe get a start or two here. Let's go notable promotions really quick. A couple notable promotions that were just called up. Mark Vientos, a power hitter. Third baseman for the New York Mets, he got the call. And Alec Burleson, outfielder of the St. Louis Cardinals, also got the call. So two guys getting a chance to make some noise at the big league level. Let's go to now our prospect watch. And these are players we're keeping our eye on and what they're doing in the minor leagues. And 
kicking things off here with Logan Ohapi, catcher for the Los Angeles Angels. He came over the Brandon Marsh trade with the Philadelphia Phillies here. Another great catcher that could be potentially on the verge of, of coming up early next year. He keeps hitting as well as he is. I'm going to stop talking, and I'm going to let uh, our guest, Drew, talk about Logan Ohapi. Well, uh, if you're if you insist upon stop talking, you picked a good time because Logan Ohapi is a player that I talk about generally on every podcast I'm on these days. Uh, it's really not a podcast appearance with me if I'm not speaking about Ohapi, and that is the third time this week I've said that. So, no, nonetheless, well, you said it. I mean, the guy's hitting 435, 581, 870. It's uh, just ridiculous over the month of September, I should say. Uh, I mean, you see the season numbers though: 283, 415, 545. Disgusting. 25 home runs. And this is a guy who this season, you know, has, if you're counting this in last season, last year with Philly, half of the season this year with Philly, and now with with Rocket City uh, there in Huntsville, Alabama, shout out to the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Uh, this is this is a player who's excelled at all three of these levels. There is no better catcher than Logan Ohapi in the Los Angeles, uh, in the Los Angeles team, in their entire depth chart up to down. Uh, this is a guy who I will go ahead and say he will be the starting catcher next year. He is a draft and hold gem for that purpose. And if you really want me to get froggy, this is a guy that will be in my top 30 prospects list uh, immediately. It's it's arguably one of the best catchers in minor league baseball. If there wasn't for Francisco Alvarez as the guy that's really sticking out in my head, I probably the best. So I, I love this kid. He's got an amazing hit tool. He's no slouch on the base paths, can call a game, will be a long-term catcher. Uh, if there's something good that can be said about Logan Ohapi, please let me say it if I haven't already. So Drew is wheels up on Logan Ohapi here. I like, I, I like it. I like it. That, that's Again, if there are certain players. I feel like you attach your name to certain guys, and you are stamping that. And so if he becomes uh, an impact at the big league level, we know for all our listeners out there and people on YouTube, this is the guy you got to check out. Looking like a great, promising young player here, Logan Ohapi. Our next player, Kyron Paris, a middle infielder in the same organization of the Los Angeles Angels. And we got some Angels love for a team that needs prospects uh, badly because they have not had too many great ones develop recently. Age 20, between high A and double A, has had a, a pretty decent season here 32 steals, 12 home runs. Uh, also has a 13.3% walk percentage, Mike. What should we know about Kyron Paris? Yeah, this is an interesting player. Uh, another athletic guy who kind of came to baseball late, it seems, or at least full-time. Uh, the Angels signed him for $1.4 million as a second-rounder over value, so they were really high on his upside. He's got good bat speed. He's added strength uh, as since he signed, uh, tapped into more power this year. Uh, I mean, if he can get that ISO around 200 or so, I think he's going to be a decent, I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be a big power guy, but I think he'll be good enough. His speed is legitimate. Uh, some could say it's 70 grade. Uh, he's 32 for 36 on steals this year. He's also 20 years old. So keep all this, these stats in mind. He's very young for his level. He's up in double A now, but the, the promising thing about him is actually his best stats of the season have been in his nine games in double a, which is very promising because it's supposed to be the hardest level he's played, but there's just a lot to like here. If he can get that strikeout rate down, I don't think it's, I don't think he's a guy that you're going to get a 30% strikeout rate from 
I might even put his uh, hit tool at above average when it's all said and done. So you're looking at it at plus speed, maybe double plus speed with above average hit tool, who's tapping into some degree of power, capable of playing both middle infield positions. Uh, there's a lot to like here. It just might take a little time to to come to fruition. Kyron Paris, just play the waiting game on him. But again, a, a great young player here that you can kind of get on before the rest of your dynasty league might be able to uh, to catch an eye on what he's doing at the minor league level here. Mm-hmm. Our last player we'll talk about, everybody knows Grayson Rodriguez. I just wanted to highlight him for this section specifically on the season across three different levels, 14 games started, 62 innings, 92 strikeouts. And in AAA this year in general, 209 ERA. But he's had three starts since returning from his lat strain he suffered in June. And in his most recent one, uh, he had seven strikeouts across his first two and two-thirds innings in double-A buoy. Obviously, in the third frame, did not necessarily work out. After that, he walked the bases loaded, and then he fanned the next two he faced. But uh, a great start over double-A buoy. And again, that was his third. 56 pitches in this outing. I do think he's going to take uh, maybe a couple more, maybe two or three at AAA. And he could maybe see a potential him in the end of the season for the Orioles if they want to, you know, give him a little bit of an audition for next year. But just shout out to him for uh, the, the rehab he was doing to be able to come back this year where many didn't think he'd even pitch it again this year with that last strain. So Grayson Rodriguez, somebody I'm watching to see what he does to finish out this season. Our last segment, who's next? we got two players who we think could be next for the call-up. And again, we're at the point these last three weeks. It's a little harder to predict this, but we're dang well going to try here. Will Brennan is the first guy here for the Cleveland Guardians, another great Cleveland Guardians player here, Drew. And you think he could help impact that outfield? Certainly. I mean, he certainly couldn't hurt the outfield. So, yeah, <laughs> I think helping it is something that's in his in his wheelhouse. I mean, you look at it right now, he's had tw- – 20 stolen bases, 101 RBIs, 66 runs, 11 homers. Uh, you can see the stats right there on the screen, guys. What I'm going to tell you about Brennan is that the guys just flat out hit. Through the month of September, this guy is batting 404. Uh, he's had, uh, you know, 29 doubles uh, over the course of the year. The guy is just, he's going to hit the ball. And he is uh, actually Rule 5 eligible this year, but I have it on good authority that the the Guardians are going to be protecting him. And I think that in itself bodes well for his shot uh, sooner rather than later. I think, again, this is a player who in draft and holds in your dynasty leagues where you can still make moves off the wire and things. Brennan's a great call because that's a player that could instantly return dividends as soon as, you know, spring training. If he shows out in spring training or if it looks like he's got the upper hand on a job, you can flip him for something more proven or you can package him with something to upgrade your outfield situation or you can just ride him out and see what happens because – I mean, right now, what he's looking like, at least to me, is at worst, you know, a, a 270 hitter. He's very patient, as you would imagine, with a Cleveland batter. And uh, really looks like he could just contribute kind of across the board in an interesting and in a profound way. I'm not going to say that he's a superstar, but I think in terms of the proximity and in terms of the opportunity, he certainly has it and will not completely disappoint. I, I do like Brennan. Brennan is, uh, again, another player to keep an eye on here, helping the Guardians as they uh, right now are making a playoff push. So they're mm-hmm. going to make sure their best players are out there playing. Mike, wrap us up here. Let's talk about Matt Mervis, first mm-hmm. baseman of the Chicago Cubs. 32 home runs on the season and just over 500 plate appearances while maintaining a very reasonable 18.9% strikeout rate. 
Yeah, this is a guy that I actually didn't realize how good he was playing this year until I was on that podcast with James Anderson and he mentioned him. Uh, never nervous, Matt Mervis, and I started looking into him. He's just some great numbers. Uh, he's he is a little old for the upper upper levels, but hitting three thirteen, three seventy seven, a six fifteen slugging. Like you said, thirty two home runs and one hundred nine RBIs. So he's been very productive. Under twenty percent strikeout rate is great. Uh, looking at the walk and strikeout rate is is a good way to tell if an older prospect is actually worth your time and will translate to the major leagues. So that's why people like. Someone like Vinny Pasquantino, people were so high on him because the walk rate and strikeout rate were so high, even though he was 24. So you're looking at a guy who's not, he did have a below average hit tool coming in the season, but he's shown improvements in there. Uh, over 300 ISO. This is a big time power guy. The Cubs don't really have anyone at first base. So uh, he, he very well could step in and be their starting first baseman as soon as next season out the gate and, and definitely bring a, a power element to your team. I, I imagine he'll be very cheap in drafts too. So definitely someone to keep an eye on. And like, and like Drew said, just a proximity play. If it works out, you'll get a great return on your value. Absolutely. And if I could jump on that really, really quick, he's also going to help with the nervousness factor right now is playoff baseball for fantasy. And guys, uh, you need to be as not nervous as possible. Never nervous. Matt Mervis is the guy to get in that regard. So there you go. I love how you snuck that nickname in there. That was perfection. Well, I love you that. know, I, I got to give James credit on that, uh, but I love Mike bringing it up as well because that was uh, that was clutch, man. Great, great reference there. Matt Mervis there. Uh, again, the last one here for this episode. And as we wrap up here around the 30-minute mark, you know we like to give it to you guys in a TV show-like fashion. Short, sweet, come in for the best parts here. We hit that throughout the show. And, uh, of course, give our guests a nice little sign-out here. So, Drew... Thank you so much for hopping on with us, and we appreciate you joining the call. Please plug all the great stuff you're doing and where people can find you on Twitter. Oh, that's so sweet, and thank you guys again for having me. Uh, thank you for the invitation to come on and speak. Like I said, thank you very much for asking. Uh, if you're so inclined for whatever reason, you can follow me on Twitter at Drew is OK, where I often share my thoughts on the game and have other musing on life with the occasional prospect dive analysis or just trolling Eric Cross. I like to do all this. <laughs> I, love I also <laughs> I also recently released some Dominican Summer League prospect rankings for our patrons to read that piece, as well as gain access to amazing tools such as Robo Scout, The Daily Sheet and six bonus podcasts a month, which are host half the time by yours truly. It's $5 a month. So if you are so inclined, if you want to spare a cup of coffee a month, I'd love to have you over on the Prospects Live Patreon. And uh, you guys do an amazing job here. This is a great, great show. And I'm so, so honored to be on. Thank you both for having me. Oh, we loved having you. And I, I'm not bullish when I say I hope we can have you on many more times because that was a blast. You have the personality, the, the knowledge. It's a, it's a dangerous blend when you put it together. So uh, appreciate you joining Make sure you follow Drew at Drew is okay on Twitter, but he's far from okay. If you've listened to the episode here, make sure you follow Mike at MP Richards 1981, who right now I'm not jinxing him because it, it's been the fact that he's been able to keep riding in first place. We're going to keep rooting for him to stay in first place in TGFBI uh, in, a, in a league that has tons of great fantasy analysts, industry people. Just keep rooting hard for Mike there. And make sure you follow the show on YouTube at The Call-Up and listen to it on the podcast feed every single week. But for that, we're going to sign off here for week 23. We will see you guys for week 24 of The Call-Up next week.